Welcome to the Hot Seat Powered by Affordable Staff. David Judge here. And we're at the very last episode of season one of the Hot Seat that we release every second Tuesday and where we talk to industry influencers that have worked hands-on in the real estate industry. We find out where these influencers see current and future trends and what you can do about it to grow and support your business. Now, as this is the last episode of season one, I thought what better way to wrap it up than to interview our very own outsourcing specialist, Damien Barnett. Damien started in the industry over 18 years ago and has had transitioned to work with us a little over three years ago. Now, Damien is sharing his experience as a property manager and now a service provider to the industry. And in this interview, we discuss how technology is getting in the way of building relationships, the difference between a property manager and office administrator, and why the industry currently has too many office administrators, the changing world from one job for life to many jobs in one lifetime, how certain agencies are embracing Airbnb and making a mozza, and we preview you to the 60-second hot seat, which is something that we're releasing in season two, which is heaps of fun. Now, I've known Damien as a client and now as a fellow team member and affordable staff, and I can tell you that he invests a lot of time to make sure his finger stays on the pulse in the industry. So like I said earlier, we had a lot of fun recording this, so let's get into it and roll it. Hello and welcome, David here, and I have... Damien, how are you going? Yeah, I'm good, how are you going? Yeah, really good, really good. Now, we are at the final episode for the first season of The Hot Seat. I know, it's yes. gone quick. Yes, it it's has gone, gone really quick. quick. It's gone yeah, really actually. quick. And I thought, what better way to finish off the first season than to get Damien in and to have a bit of a chat to him about um, where you've come from, where you're at now, where you see the industry going. And um, I'm going to preview to preview you to something we're doing in the second season, which yeah. is the 60 second hot seat. Should I be worried? You should be very worried. That's <laughs> we, I didn't feel that in the first season, I didn't feel it was hot seaty enough. So oh, we thought no. that we'll make it even oh, more no. exciting. <laughs> so far, we haven't had anyone cry. We have had a few people lost for words. I could be the first. <laughs> I, could be the, I could be the first. <laughs> okay. okay, so let's get into it. And let's start off by, first of all, um, tell us about yourself. Tell us about your history in the industry. Yeah, so I'm Damien. Um, I've been working um, in and around uh, affordable staff and outsourcing world now for just over three years. Yes. Um, my background's in property management real estate. Uh, started off when, oh, as a young person, I actually bought a first investment property mm. um, and developed a love for it. Actually. When was that? Oh, I actually can't even remember the date. A long time ago. You remember the year? No, it was... 20 years ago? It would be pushing 20 years 20 ago. 20 years ago, yeah. Yep. yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Probably 20 years ago. So from there, at that time, I left school. Working, I was working at, um, working at Coles at the time. Yes. Uh, supermarkets and retail world and thought, you know what? It can't be that hard to be a property manager. I, mm. I could sit on the other side of the desk. It'll be easy. Mm. Um, my first day on the job... Um, I just copped it. Yes. My landlords and tenants and everybody were just into me. And it's like, oh, there's a bit more to this than look. So, mm. um, Which was your, what was the first agency you started in? Uh, up in Mackay. So it was a Ray White. Ray agency. White. Yeah, okay. Ray, Ray White, White agency. So um, it was an interesting welcome into the industry. Baptism so. of fire. Oh, it was, yeah, it was mm. yeah, not as easy as I thought. And it's one of those jobs that I think that a lot of people don't understand how. Yes. Um, how not difficult it is, but how how much you deal with and how much you're you know, juggling every day of the week. So mm. yeah, it was uh, it was in in interesting to have that insight. So from there, came back to Brisbane, worked yes. in a, worked in a large agency in Brisbane. Uh, had fourteen hundred properties on the rent roll or yep. thereabouts. Um, it was sold. How many uh, properties were you managing at the time? One hundred and sixty-five to about one hundred and eighty-five, hundred and ninety. I 
my limit was about 185, 190. I started dropping the ball uh, and I, I didn't deliver what I wanted to mm. at about that level. So, um, What level of automation did you have at that time? Like what, what sort of support? So software that we have now today, like we've got a lot of soft, uh, software and support. Yeah, so we're server-based. It was completely server-based okay. um, business. Um, My desktop? We didn't at the at the beginning. Okay. Um, int- I introduced that to the business. Yeah, oh, I helped okay. introduce that to the business um, because I'd come from Ray White, and yes. so they used that. Um, and we had inspect this new product called Inspector Real Estate. Really? Yeah. So you came in so, at the same time. So thereabouts, yeah. It was it was one of those products that revolutionised making mm. you know, what we were doing a lot easier. So we were pretty much end to end. We I had admin support, but I didn't have. Um, you know, there wasn't a cloud software that did a lot of the stuff that you can get done for you nowadays. Everything was manually done, come back to the office, type it up. Yes. Um, I think mobile phone plans at the time, you could probably get one gigabyte of data on your mobile phone plan, and that was your expensive mobile phone plan. So yes. you couldn't send stuff from... Um, from your mobile. From your mobile back to the office. So you had to um, come back to the office, et cetera, and, et cetera. And upload it. So yeah. um, there's a lot of efficiency that isn't there nowadays. So Yeah. yeah um, from there into a little boutique uh, in a city Brisbane office. Yes. Um, and I suppose like when I was working that, that's when I met you. Um, when I was working in that um, larger agency, we had version one. I'm mm. going to say it was almost version one. Yeah, that's the so, real, so that the was real Damien's, estate. Yeah, that was your first VA that you... First real estate with. VA. Here's this person in the Philippines. Can you go and just take care of him? Mm. Like, Is that how it happened? Because I, I, I just know that we spoke one day on the phone. Um, and we were dealing with, I was dealing with the principal at the time. Yeah. Um, so from my point of view, I didn't deal with you. I, I sort of saw you sitting in the office and I was yeah. like, here, we've got this person. I can't even remember the lady's name. I know. And yeah, here you go. She's yours, Damien. Off you go. Yeah. I was like, okay. Um, that was, and that's, and I suppose to a certain extent, um, that was the experience a lot of businesses have had with outsourcing in the yes. past compared to. You know, where we're heading now with outsourcing um, is so much more you know, version 10, 15, 20. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Version, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It could be 100 by now. Yeah, so. I'd say it would be. <laughs> um, because, yeah, it's improving. Mm. Um, improves as infrastructure is improving in the Philippines. I think, and and um, the availability of software in Australia. Yeah. And everything's moving to the cloud. cloud and- the cloud software has certainly made it easier, but also mm. brings, you know, other risks. Yes. Um, and... Other things that people have got to consider, which they didn't have to consider, was server-based um, software. So it's it's been a good transition um, over the last three years. It's the real estate property management virtual assistant world has changed so mm. much. Like um, it was probably what six, five, six years ago. Yeah, I suppose I met you and had the that very first. Um, Interaction, interaction with, with with a team member that wasn't working in the office, mm. um, and like I'd already, I'd I'd personally worked remotely when I was in Mackay. I worked yes. a lot from Brisbane, and that was a remote desktop connection. And so you were familiar with it. I was familiar with it, and some of the, some of the challenges. But this was another person that yeah, I didn't know if they could speak English at the time. Well, I knew they could. I've spoken yes. to them, but you know, we communicated via Skype. Um, that was a work from home person at at the time um yeah, that so was before we were set up in an before, office before before you know it was even you know, you're looking at security like from a security point of view and all of the stuff that you know we've had to do to actually make sure that we're secure and that we can offer a real um 
presence to real estate and and to um, property property managers and mm. financial services and all of those other different fields that actually require that level of uh, security. So it's it's been a huge journey. Mm. Uh, the last three years has been huge. Uh, yes. So yeah, as a business, it's been huge. We've um, grown and new premises, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So um, so you then were working in the boutique agency. And then you came across to work with us. Yeah, came across to work with you. Uh, and yeah, now you're working with clients all around Australia. New Zealand. New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> it's, Another it's, yeah, yeah. All, and like even, you know, even you know, just the amount of travel now is, and I know we're remote and I can get a hold of people, but that face-to-face contact. Yeah, it's um, critical. It's critical. Oh, valuable, especially some of the clients there. You know, we're not talking about, um, you know, small businesses. Some of the, you know, Bigger businesses that we're talking with are mm. definitely want that face-to-face contact and to know that we understand we understand the industry. Mm. That um, so, what do you see as being the biggest challenges in the industry right now, as a as a provider, as a provider, or actually as an as a as a person in uh, as a person that works works in real estate in in the real estate world and I'm watching the outside. There's this race to the bottom, and I know mm. Malcolm covered off on it. Um, one of the episodes. One of the episodes. Yes. Um, there is this race to the bottom where um, the value proposition of a of a real estate business and property management is just getting thrown out. Mm. Um, we'll do it for one percent, two percent, four percent. You know, I was talking with one of one of the people that I deal um, talk to quite regularly, and for some reason in Victoria, it's became become commonplace that five percent's acceptable mm. as a management fee. Like five um, percent, you wouldn't get out of bed for. Yes. Um, so I, whilst I know there's automation and um, that's helping increase efficiency. Yes. The reality is, um, you're still worth more than five percent. Mm. And if you're not, then maybe you shouldn't be in the industry. Yes. Sorry, that's and a bit of a big call, but realistically, yeah. Yeah, and I think that that when you look at um, many different industries, because I've been a business owner now for a number of years on and off since the year two thousand. Um, and work with my work with my dad actually in the um, in the mid nineties. He started up his first ISP. That was before Big Pond and Telstra and Optus and all the other guys came along. Um, and you notice that industries go in um, they they go in different swings where you'll see the industry start to become really really price focused. Like the pizza industry was really price focused there for a while, uh, and then you'll have people that will provide a particular level of service or a way to differentiate themselves that insulate themselves from those that, that price competitiveness. Yep. But a lot of the people that are out there that are, are like you said, going for that that race to the bottom, you, yep. you called it, yeah. Malcolm called it. Yeah, those are the ones that end up in a way disrupting the industry while they're fighting for their... Well, you've, you've got to get paid a fair, fair fee for what you're doing. If you don't value yourself, mm. um, then, then why are you in business? Yes. Um, so... Oh, yeah, I, I don't understand it. The other challenge that I see at the moment is there's so much tech getting thrown at principles. Mm. There's so much um, spin and wham-bam, I suppose, sort of bright, bright, shiny light stuff that's getting put in front of principles and business owners' faces going, this is the next big thing, this is what's going to disrupt you. But the thing that really matters is a personal connection. Mm. And time and time again, we're a people business. Uh, real estate's always been a people business. I know in us in the outsourcing world, we're a people business. Yes. Um, so 
unless it's helping you build a relationship, I don't, I don't see the point of it. Mm. At the at the moment, and there's so much so people are being pulled every which way, and there's prices attached to this, and it, yes. it's getting really difficult to, I suppose, differentiate what's actual, what's actually real, and what's not. Mm. Um, so, I, I find that a real challenge. I see that as a challenge, especially for business owners um, that have, you know, are trying to control costs within their industry. Yeah, make sure that you know they're competing against lowering fees, rising wages. Um, Increased subscription costs across different um, across their across their platforms and trying to have a voice out in the marketplace. It's mm. um, really difficult. So yeah, yeah. So um, over the next couple of years, what do you see as being some of the big disruptors coming? And and I asked that we were meeting up with a client in Western Australia, and they were saying that they see a big disruptor for us as artificial intelligence. Or automation, as it's more commonly known. Yeah. Um, do you see that as a disruptor for the industry? No. What would you see as being disruptors for the industry? Listen, I, I, I see longer term. I see artificial intelligence as being yes. some type of of being a disruptor. Um, if, but it needs to be actual, real artificial intelligence, be able to think for itself, mm. um, not work on a on a set of programmed. Um, prerequisites and that's just automation yeah um i think our biggest enemies ourselves in the industry mm. um we're undercutting each other we're knifing each other in the back over fees and yes. it's getting re- it's getting ruthless out there um but airbnb is already here mm. um i don't think there's going to be this great big uber one day come in like airbnb is already here it's already gr- growing market share it's already you yeah. know a lot of people prefer to stay there than hotels, and now it's starting to move into the residential world. Um, yes. You know, we've got real estate agencies that are, you know, initially fighting it. Now they're embracing it and going, you know what, we can help you. You've got a problem. We can help manage your Airbnb listings mm. um, right around Australia. There's a larger cut for larger percentage from a management perspective, but, isn't uh, there? Yeah, Airbnb are ch- ch- charging yeah, massive fees. Yes. Um, and they don't seem to have a problem with their value proposition. Mm. And as a property manager that's moving into the Airbnb space, is there that do you you'd also have to what arrange cleaning and yeah, there's there's other stuff that you need to do like a hotel, but you yep. but the value's there for it also. So you're getting paid mm. good percentage of that of those uh, of that income to mm. do that. So and it seems to be acceptable that yes. that's you know they're not one percent. And what do you think? Because uh, traveling around in 2018, one of the one of the common things that I've heard from people that are against Airbnb, they're talking about things like uh, about it um, overall damaging the um, uh, the the value of properties in the area. They're talking about um, people having parties, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, yeah. within the area. Um, do you think that's a Do you think that's a real concern? It can be. I, I think it, I think it can be. Mm. Um, but I'm probably more. I mean, the taxi industry said the same thing. Yes. When Uber came out, so yeah, it's competition. And Uber is a better offering, in my opinion, than the taxi system. I, I, I haven't used a taxi since last weekend. I caught both. Yes. I used a taxi because I knew it to get me there. My Uber driver actually, for the first time ever, got lost. Mm. Um, and you know what? That was right. He was nice about it, but he got lost in a tunnel in Sydney. Yes. Um, the um, and the to you know what to get back to the airport. At four o'clock in the morning, I wanted to make sure that I had, yeah, I was going to get there, so I, I called a cab. Mm. Um, 
Price-wise, there's not the big differentiation in price anymore. Probably really? the, Yeah, probably the big thing that I noticed was um, that um, the cab still charged a, you know, a surcharge. Surcharge. Surcharge and the charge. credit card. And I, wish, and I wish they wouldn't. Like, that's mm. probably, you know, for me, I have no problems catching either. I just want to get where I want to get to. Yes. Um, but um, Uber's have really started stepping up their game again. They're offering water. There's lollies. There's, you know, doing that. You cab, you get a Toyota Camry with fake leather seats and yeah um and a nice and a nice person the person the person behind the wheel is probably more knowledgeable mm. than an uber driver but yes. the whole experience isn't as good mm. so okay so then if you if you take that and you apply that across to the property management industry or, or real estate where you're talking about the the end user or the consumer and then you look at um what is it 35 percent of people in australia are managing properties for themselves 65 yep. percent of people are managing are self-managing properties in new zealand and then you have a look at and step back to whatever percentage of people are left and then if you were to apply a broad brush and say okay well if we compare it to using a, a taxi or an uber that it's focusing on what the end user wants yeah and for you the you for you it was getting to the airport so that was, was important. That was important. Yeah. So, um, can you see benefits then in in uh, property managers or real estate agencies going back and, and thinking about their consumer? They need to. Do you think um, that happens? Do you think it is happening enough? No. It's all it's all about our consumer. Why, why are the thirty five percent of people that are self managing? Mm. Um, it's not about price because I'm sure there's someone in Australia that do it for almost free. Yes. So what what is it? Why is there? What why do they not want to do that? Mm. It all comes down to trust. Why yes. don't they trust us? Because we hide behind legislation. Mm. I think, and we have for too long. Um, we've been unwilling to put it all out there and go, this is what we do for our fee. Yep. Um, and then we're not willing to justify what we do for, for our fee. We're not willing to change. Mm. You know, um, I still get autoresponders every day from sending emails. Hi, we're in a fast-paced industry. I'll get back to you in the next 48 hours. Mm. Sorry, gone. Two hours. If you don't return an email in two to four hours... You've lost the business, and you, you've recently gone through a, um, a renting a process. <laughs> yeah, renting I have process. again. Yeah, yeah, yes. I have. Um, listen, and I have a couple over the last couple of years. Um, I've been through a couple. I had someone um, send me an automated message to go, "Hey, I'm changing the appointment time from today to tomorrow," and that particular appointment was directly across the road from their office. Mm. Um, why couldn't they one pick up the phone? Um, because a text message doesn't communicate with me. Yes. Um, or two, um, why couldn't someone else just walk out? It was mm. literally, literally across the road from their office. And they changed the time to tomorrow. Was it? They just didn't feel like going. So they didn't communicate why? It was just this. There's change. no communication. There was just text message. Here's a text message, automated mm. text message, email, bang. I thought, oh, the place has been leased. Yes. Um, actually, out of that, I only had, out of 16 agencies, in that first experience, I only had three people actually pick up the phone and call me at any mm. one time um, to talk to me. Mm. Um, those were the three properties that I put applications in on. Um, that place that was sitting across the road from that office was still vacant two months later and yes. had been reduced in price over $70 a week or 60 or $70 a week. Mm. So I don't know, we're supposed to work for our landlords, but we seem to, you know, in my opinion... That was that particular agency just being lazy, not working for the best interest. And especially in the, especially with the increase of number, number of people that are rent vesting. Yeah, we've got clients, as you know, that have yeah. got their tenants that are giving them properties and recommending yes. their friends. Why? Because 
they've got a relationship. They don't they don't hide behind I work for the landlord. Yeah. Which I'll is work, Melbourne, work. Melbourne Property Management. I think she was Sarah was saying to us in an interview that that's one of the things that she's noticing. Yeah. Is it because of a lot of her a lot of her uh, tenants are rent investors that they that's how she's building. That's just building and there's more than that though. Mm. But like they're getting in there and they're actually having open communication with all of the people they do business with, whether they're contractors, whether they're tenants, whether they're landlords, like they're all people and they've all got you know, they've all got they're all on a property journey. Mm. You know, whether it's the 18-year-old kid um, who's just finished school and renting for the first time, what, what services are they going to need over the next 10 years? Yes. 20 years. They're probably going to you know, rent rent somewhere bigger, buy a house maybe, or a, buy a unit, turn that into investment property, buy a house, get married, or, mm. you know, or live together with someone. Um, you know, it's that particular 18-year-old person um, is a potential repeat client for the next 10 years and yeah when you talk about asset value of how much is an investment property worth an asset value Mm. um yeah why wouldn't you want to treat that 18 year old that 18 year old tenant that's just come out of the school like you would the landlord who's 65 and owns four properties yeah because the direct impact of that just just in that scenario would be reducing the number of days on market because you know that you have quality people there. You have quality people. Like there's quality people. You've got potential potential to grow your business, not for the short term. Mm. It's not just a, you know, it's not the shot in the arm money. Yes, I've rented this place. place. I've got a, I've got a, you know, I've got a letting fee. Yes. It's, hey, I've actually built a relationship with this person. Well, whilst they're living, whilst they're living in one of the properties that we manage for a minimum six to 12 months, mm. I've built a relationship that potentially could bring me more and more business over the next 10, 20, 30, 40. That could be a customer for life. Mm. So I'm hearing, you, I'm hearing you use the word relationship a lot. It's a people business. Yes. It's and a it, people business. Like, and you have to have relationship otherwise. So do you think the, so going back to the disruptor, disruptor and changes, do you think a disruptor could be removing ourselves from the relationship? I think they are if we keep fighting to the bottom and we don't have any value. Yes. And we don't, we don't place any value on what we do. Churn and burn. Yeah. If, if all we're doing is ticking the boxes, then I'm sure R2-D2 can do that in five years' time. Mm. Um, or, you know, it's, it's one of those... Well, if we talk about McDonald's. Yes. Um, we go <laughs> and... Um, yeah. But, but one, of their, one of their training processes is, you know, do you want fries for that? Yes. You know, upsell. Mm. Talk, work, work through the process. Make sure that you know deliver. Every single person's trained to deliver mm. on that customer service. Yes. Um, for us, you know, we don't even talk to people. Like, oh, I don't know about McDonald's. I know they've gone to self, like a self serve style. You know, put your put your thing in. To put a your order in here, yeah. and then come to the counter come and collect it's like, ready. Yeah. Um, I don't see too many people using them. Mm. I know the younger kids. Um. Because it's that generation, that generation, and they probably you know, and maybe that's and you probably can because it's a lower, it's a lower, um, lower transaction value. But most people are lining up to they'll wait five or six deep to mm. get served by a human being mm. to, have, to have that interaction. But I can see the like if you talk about the the life like the lifelong value of a tenant who can then become an investor. If you look at that value to a um, to a business, yeah, it's not just management fees. Are potentially mm. you know what five thousand dollars asset value for a property plus whatever income you make off them renting it per property. So I look at the whole, 
the whole business is realistically about relationships. And yeah, if if a if a computer and automation can come out and disrupt the industry, and hey, there's thirty five percent of people that aren't even renting mm. with us, so they're looking for a platform where they don't have to talk to anyone. It probably costs them nothing to use it. Yes. Um, or maybe they're actually looking for someone to care enough to actually want to build a relationship and get to know them. And it's not about the money. Maybe it's never been about the money. It's just about... An understanding of valuing. Yeah. Or, or, and making them feel important, not send, no, only send me only send me maintenance via email because I don't want to talk to you. Mm. No, I'll get back to you when I feel like it. Like, I'm sorry, where, who's, who's your customer? We used, to, um, we used to book all of our own flights. Yep. We've recently started using Hello World Travel, George. <laughs> George, yeah? Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of work managing flights and trying to figure out where we're going to and from, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I didn't see a reason to use a travel agent, but it, now it's like every time we talk about a flight, we constantly talk about George. Yep. It's not another brand. It's not a flight center or whatever else. It's always talking about George. George shows extreme value. Um He's not cheaper than if we were to do it ourselves. But if you look at the exchange of time, looking at flights, et cetera, et cetera, and George will George will always come back with things outside of the square as well. So you can tell, I can tell that George knows what he's doing. Yep. And he doesn't do that by, uh, by I don't even know what he charges us. Isn't that interesting? I have no idea what, what but, his fee is, but yeah. But from an experience, but, for you, but you had a, an experience- really early on where something went wrong and George helped you out. Yes. So, you know, what's that worth? Oh, that was, that's invaluable. So yeah, I, I just see the, for, especially for real estate and pro- property managers particularly, we're a process driven business, but we're a people business. And I think we're forgetting the people. Mm. Um, and the more we forget people, the more we're becoming an automate, you know, we're, the more we're becoming an automation Yes, and that applies across industry. that applies across both sides, doesn't it? Because you you, um, you had a, a brief stint in real estate sales. Yeah, yeah, that well was as, interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, property management being a uh, an ongoing an ongoing relationship with a um, lots of micro transactions or lots of transactions where yep. you're continually, as opposed to a, a real estate sales where it's what one one seven year transaction. Yeah, theoretically with the same with the same person. Well, it wasn't for me, but it was mm. yeah. But it was yeah one transaction, and yeah, it was interesting to see how you got treated yes um that actually really surprised me how how people treated a sales agent compared to a property manager Mm. um i suppose they didn't need what i had they were coming to look at so the roles had sort of reversed a little bit i needed them to buy and not necessarily um where people looking at an open home for a tenant Mm. they were looking at the house so they wanted to buy yes it was it was interest, interesting, and there's a lot of sales agents out there that, yeah, they just forget about them too. Mm. But as an industry, it's something we've got to address. Yeah. Um, because if we don't address it, then, we, yeah, someone, so still, it will be yeah, automated. Real estate, real estate property management, still about relationships, yeah? Definitely. And sales is too. Yes. Everything's about relationships. Mm. It's not just, yeah, it's not just real estate, it's business. So how would you see yourself as differentiating yourself in the industry then? Look at look at your example of your um, look at your example of the, uh, the this current round that you went through, where you said what did you apply for twelve properties and you had three. People. So that was a that was a previous one. Yeah. Um, this particular round we went to um, three. Yes. Three places only. Um, we actually 
the first place we didn't like. Um, the second place we turned up and we had a person actually just open a door for us on a Saturday and not even say hello. The show yeah. was too busy on a phone. Um, interestingly, same brand. Um, different office, but same brand. Yes. Um, and the third one was um, we've had communication, but it was also happened to be the agency that I, um, one of the agencies that rang me the first time mm. uh, that I'd had a good experience with. Across the board, that was their standard. Um, so whilst the knowledge probably wasn't as high with that person, yes, um, it was, yeah, it was way way better than anyone else that we'd seen in the marketplace over the last, um, over the last three or four weeks. And all it was, mm. was someone talking to you mm. instead of sending and sending sending an automated message going, "Do you want to apply?" Picking up the phone and going, "Hey, are you interested in applying?" Yes. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break because um, we need to reset our cameras, etc. Okay. Um, and we're going to come back in a second. And I'd like to talk a little bit more around uh, differentiating yourself in the industry and, and special advice that you'd have as a property manager and a person in real estate sales now as a as a service provider. Um, and uh, yeah, how you think you could continue to grow in the business? How does that sound? Sounds good. Welcome back. And here we are in the hot seat at the end of season one with Damien. Hello. How are you going? Yes. Yes. I'm good. Good. Okay. So before we went on to the break, we were saying that we uh, that um, I wanted to ask you around someone differentiating themselves in the industry and what special advice you give for them. Now, this is from a, a person that was a property manager, real estate agent, as well as now a service provider to the industry. So the number one thing is you've got to get customer focused. You've got to get hungry for a customer uh, and get in there. So what I mean by that, sit down and look at what your value is. Have mm. a look at um, the things that you do every single day of the week. Are they adding value? Are they customer focused? Should you be doing them yes. um, for for what you're getting paid? Like, is that a task that is is suitable for your level in mm. the business? Um, or is it something- Can you think of an example task? Processing arrears. Processing arrears. Let's, let's, let's start with processing arrears. Not, not nice, easy. Got to do. Every business does it every single day. There's. Um, do you need to actually push the button in prop in your in your software? Yes. Um, that sends the SMSs and the emails um, to your tenants. How much or, would it take out of a week? Do you think? In a standard, let's say, an agency of five hundred properties. Standard, standard. Um, doing a whole whole pro- whole process can take up to an hour. An hour a day. Up to an hour a day. Okay. Um, which. Yeah, it's an easy task that people don't think about, but sending your SMSs, following up, or is you, is is your value better served contacting the tenants going, hey, what's going on? Yes. Contacting the owner, updating them, actually having a conversation, turning that into an opportunity to have a conversation with both tenants and owners to build that business. Mm. Um, you can achieve a lot more in an hour from a relationship perspective. You can make a lot of phone calls in an hour. Yeah. You can. Um, and, you know, it's not that scary. Mm. Um, okay, so looking at looking at tasks that they that someone's performing, obviously this is you know in, in an outsourcing model. <laughs> this yeah. is the, this is what you'd be focusing on. Um, but I think I can see it applies a lot if you're looking at bringing on administration people locally within your business um, and giving them a, a career progression path or a succession path for yourself. That that's what we have a lot of clients that are like that though. Yes, that also have you know. It's, and I know we're talking outsour- we're an outsourcing provider, um, mm. so. But we have um, businesses that have local staff that are working alongside the virtual assistants because that is a career progression. Yes. Cut your teeth here, then move your way into this and start building, start building, I suppose, an actual career 
mm. um, path so that when you get to that senior property manager role, you, you understand it from beginning to end um, as, as you've worked through the cadetships and all of that type of stuff yes. in the industry. And you're, you're, you're a killer person. You're a killer property manager then. So mm. Okay. So, um, so the, the special advice you give, it would be to, just to summarize, would be to um, look at the tasks that you're performing and uh, what if you were to assign a dollar value to the tasks that you're performing, whether or not they were um, they were bringing in you know bringing in money et cetera et cetera. Um, I know that I know that one of our clients um, that's that's the first thing that she did. She sat yeah. down and she put everything into three columns, which was based on the advice she'd given yeah. her, and to to have a look at um, tasks that were dollar generating. What, what were the three columns? Uh, dollar generating columns, uh, client facing, and then just had to be done. Basically, and they had to be um, done to the stuff that they outsourced straight away. Yeah, um, and then they're working on um, then they're working on some of the dollar producing stuff. Yes. So there's little bits and pieces, and there's parts of parts of every process that can be outsourced um, and can get assistance with, and or can be built built up with um, with the local team, so that mm. there doesn't necessarily take that senior person um, to do that within the business. So just on the outsourcing side of it then, um, and to make it an unsen- a, a, a uncomfortable subject, yep. property managers, uh, from from what we're hearing within the industry, there are, uh, as as the industry is being disrupted by what we're doing and, and automation and, and different softwares that came out years ago, yep. um, you have property managers that are administrators. Well, you don't, they're not property managers. They're administrators, yeah. Yes. So you have, uh, I think you've actually got two classes of property managers now. You've got administrators and you've got actual property managers. Okay. Um, or um, that are customer focused, um, building, a, building a business. They're sales, they're, they're realistically salespeople, sm- small business owners within a business that are only focused on growing that business, making more money. And then you have a plethora of people that are, um, Keyboard warriors, I like to call them, mm. um, that want to hide behind a keyboard and don't want to talk to anyone and would hate to pick up the phone. Yes. The industry's changing though, isn't it? The industry's changed. Uh, even uh, like the last six months, and you've, you've been working with me over that period of time, like how much it's changed in the last six yeah, months. Yeah, yeah. We we recorded like, we recorded this interview six months ago and we're re-recording it because yeah. it's just changed it's so much. It's like and- changed so much. The industry the industry has is evolving. There's new players in the market. There's you know, the rate of change is accelerating so much. Mm. Um that yeah, it's it's you either gotta change or get left behind. But mm. it, the horrible thing is, you know, from a business owner Looking at a business owner, if you don't embrace the change that's going on, yes. um, and I know we did something around a conference lately about embracing embracing change, but if you don't embrace the change that's going on, whether that's outsourcing, whether that's other other software systems, you know, efficiencies within your business, then I can't see you being in business in two years' time. Financially viability. Financial think, viability. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. I mean, if you if you have a look at X number of properties, and then you reduce the management fees in those properties to focus on what getting more properties, I guess. What if you if you actually sit there and you look at your profit and loss, and your um you do a cash flow analysis on that sort of stuff, which is some of the um some of the the alliances that we've had previously, mm-hmm. where they uh, accountants that actually break that down, that um you can see that they yeah it, it's not financially viable. So something something has to change. Something has to change. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, there's a lot of businesses that I'm seeing out there that. 
we'll work it out too late. Mm. Um, yeah, we've got cloud software now that allows people to work from home. Yes. Um, that brings challenges. As I know, like mm. it was, you know, going to an office every day is comfortable. Mm. Um, getting out of bed um, and working remotely um, is, you know, is challenging because you've got to motivate yourself. There's no one there to go, hey, you're not, a, you're not at the office at eight thirty. Yes. Um, you've you've got to keep yourself motivated. It's easy to put the washing on. I'll just put the washing on, and I'll just do this, and all of a sudden, half the day's gone, mm. and I've achieved nothing. Um, so. I think that's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of challenges for business owners. The models that we have now, um, I don't think will be around in ten years' time. Yes, um, I don't think we'll have shop fronts to the capacity that we do at the moment. Um, but yeah, you, know, you need to you need to change and, and keep rolling and working with. And I think as business owners, working through with those with those people that are slow to change because not everyone changes at the same rate. You mm. have people that you know as we know take it on, and then there's people that are resistant to it. But it's the people that are resistant to it that make it worth, worthwhile. Because mm. our experience has been, they've been the people that have been the biggest advocates in the end. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's a true story. Because yeah. I, I must admit, if we just talk about the outsourcing stuff again for a sec in relation to the industry, um, three years, we watched early adopters. I think early adopters at the beginning part of it. Um, and then everyone else is just sort of stepping back and watching. Yeah. And I, I'm noticing over the last 12 months that it's changing from early adopters and now it's starting to switch to a little bit more mainstream where uh, I think I think it's going to shake up the industry more and it's, and you're going to have people as the industry shaking, they're, they're going to drop off the side of the ship, jump off <laughs> as it's going. And yeah. then you'll have others that will remain and continue to change and adapt to, to those changes. We're in business, like if I go back 18 years ago, I was running a restaurant. I never thought. I thought that was it. I thought that was that was the the peak of my career. And look yeah. at it now. Well, I never thought I'd be in this world. And yeah. I don't know. And the, the the exciting part is, I don't know where I'm going to be in ten years' time. Yes. And but what I'm going to be doing. But you know that you'll be able to adapt to the change. Yeah. 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 This has been like this is awesome. But mm. you know, this is, I suppose, a step in the process. Yes. For me, and that's the way careers seem to be nowadays. And I look at my son. Um, they, their thoughts on employment and stuff are completely different to the way we were where we we're sort of you have a job for life and i suppose we were back end of that job for life mm. but now it's yeah you have a whole heap of gigs yes and do stuff so gigs that's right so yeah it's it's been interesting and outsourcing we look at yeah there is there was early adopters we're looking at some of the stuff now and you know some of the work that we've had to do um and that we're you know i suppose going to be releasing in 2019 um is pretty exciting just to help out mm. um, in the industry and look at, you know, it's been a real change. And oh, I'm going to say, you're talking about, didn't think I'd be doing virtual assistance. I didn't think I'd be doing when it came to virtual assistance, what we've done for the last three or four months. And we'll probably be doing all the way through Christmas. Yes. To get ready for 2019. So um, yeah, it's, it wasn't what I expected. Mm. So we're adapting and moving to the change. Yeah. Okay, so in season two, we're doing something called the 60-second hot seat. And it's not really 60 seconds, but we call it the 60-second hot seat. Get up. I'm get yeah, up. that's right. And this is the part where Damien runs out of the room. Um, and uh, it's a series of questions. If you don't want to answer any of the questions or you don't have a, a quick enough question, a quick enough answer for me, you can just say pass. Um, I haven't had many people say pass yet. Haven't you? No, no, but I haven't shown this to you yet. So. No, I haven't seen it. <laughs> so, and I'm going to ask it nice and fast so you find it difficult to try and keep a, keep ahead of it. Are you ready? Yeah. Not that I'm really asking, but that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so 60-second hot seat questions. I can't even read that. Okay, your number one bucket list item. Grease. Favourite hobby? 
golf. Strangest thing you've ever eaten? Snails. Mm. Chicken feet was mine. Uh, describe yourself in three words. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> how, do you, how, do you spend, how do you spend the first three hours of your day? First three hours is normally is normally sitting around. Um, I've, I've got a pretty all right morning routine. Depends if I have my son with me or not. So yeah, let's say with your son. With, with my son, it's normally get up in the morning, have a, do a bit of exercise, meditation. Um, I like to spend a bit of time by myself. Um, then get him up. Now that's uh, get him up, get him ready for school, and try and spend a little bit of time. Like he's getting a bit older now, so yeah, he doesn't you're not want cool to. Does, no, I'm not. I'll just, <laughs> I'm not cool, am I? Um, you just you can just ask him. He he, he says I'm not cool. So yes. it's like I've reached that stage. So hopefully in ten years' time I'll be cool again. So. Yeah. Okay, if you had a super yacht, what would it be called? Maxine. Oh. What is your biggest non-negotiable? Sleep. <laughs> Morning or night? I'm a night person. Weapon of choice. Machete. Oh, really? Yeah. Biggest fear. <laughs> not waking up in the morning. University or experience? experience? University or the School of Hard Knocks? The School of Hard Knocks? Yeah, yeah, definitely experience. What motivates you? My family. Greatest failure? Oh, greatest failure. Oh, you can't pass that one. I, I can't pass that. No, I have <laughs> no. to think about it. Can I come back to it? Okay, Friday or Monday? Monday. One item you could not live without? Underwear? Excellent. <laughs> Cat or dog? Dog, definitely dog. Greatest failure? Greatest failure. I don't think I've had a greatest failure. They're all been learning opportunities. Excellent. Like they literally, things that have gone wrong, and there's been some doozies over the last four years um, mm. that have just opened doors to better, bigger and better opportunities. And you go, why was I worried about that? Yeah. Yep. I agree. How many keys do you have in your key ring? Three. Yeah. See, fantastic. It's always interesting to ask that last question of a property manager or an ex-property manager because I'm not sure do a lot of property managers have to carry around keys all the time. Yeah, they do. They have buckets of them and lanyards and all of this stuff. So, mm. yeah. I remember when I worked in retail, as a result, I hated shopping. Yeah. I, property managers hate keys. I, I don't shop at a supermarket <laughs> I used to work at. I yes. try and avoid it yes. if I can. So, um, it's just one of those things. It's too familiar and you see stuff that you don't want to see. So, mm. Okay, excellent. So that was it. See, that was nice and easy. I know. I can't yeah. wait for season. I'm looking forward to season two. Season two. When are we launching? When, when, what date did we say? I think it was February 5, was it? 5th of February. 5th of February, 2019. Tuesday, 5th of February, 2019. Yep. And I don't know. Can we share about some of the exciting stuff that's coming up? Uh, stay tuned, I reckon. Stay, stay tuned and we'll release some of that stuff in the coming weeks, I think. Yes. Um, now it's come to the end of 20, 2018. It's starting mm. to get ready for, starting to get ready for twenty nineteen. Um, so I know we, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. I know I haven't slept a lot, but I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited about twenty nineteen and the way it's going. So yes. um, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Damien. Thanks, Dave. Coming on. Like I said, we we recorded this because we recorded it six months ago, and and everything's changed so much in the last six months. Yeah. And uh, it's it's all great. It's all great stuff. <laughs> so thank you very much, everybody, for watching and, and or listening to The Hot Seat. Um, we're, here we are at the end of Season 1, and we look forward to well, talking to you I all at the... time to have a good Merry Christmas. Yes, have a Merry Christmas enjoy. and a Happy New Year and all that sort of stuff, and we will talk to you all in the New Year. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to this episode with Damien. And before you go, I ask if you enjoy the episode that you subscribe to our podcast, which you can find if you search for The Hot Seat wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review as they really count. I also wanted to remind you that The Hot Seat is powered by affordable staff. And if I am 100% honest, we could not put The Hot Seat together without outsourcing every component. We literally record our footage, the one that I'm doing now in audio, send it to our Philippines office, and they do the rest. So thank you very, very much to our team, especially Ira. Okay, great. Thank you again for all of your support in season one. And I look forward to listening uh, to listening to. I look forward to catching up with you on season two of the hot seat. Okay, bye.